This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders past and present. Hi, this is Ingredipedia, a food fight podcast, but instead of burgers and pies, we sling weird and interesting food stories. My name's Ben Birchall. My co-host is Emily Naismith. Hi, Em. Hello. And today we're fighting about beef. We are. Instead of three rounds this time, we're just going to do one round and make it a big, good one. There's still, like, treats, right? There's lots of snacks. Okay. There's one big snack coming in particular. Okay. Prepare yourself. Let's strap in for the fight. Ben, I know you like a steak, but if I was to offer you a juicy T-bone steak mm-hmm. or a bowl of creamy, naturally sweetened yogurt, what would you choose? Steak. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I know. I'm psychoanalyzing you, yeah, okay? okay. Um, so I guess the reason you want the steak is either you prefer the taste, it's just what you feel like right now, or maybe it's because you've been conditioned to choose the steak because you're a guy and that's what the world kind of says you should be eating. Well, what would you choose? i choose the steak too, okay? <laughs> but it's kind of true, right? When you think of steak, um, you think of tough guys, gnawing yeah. at the bone, cavemen, barbecues, all this typically masculine, in inverted commas, stuff. 100%. And on the other hand, something like yogurt seen as super feminine. Mm. I hate bloating. I'm always on a diet. Now, in our yogurt episode, you confessed to writing your share of sexist (laughs) yogurt ads. (laughs) And similarly, in this episode where I'm going to try and explore steak and masculinity, I'll acknowledge I don't have a clean slate on the other side Mm. because... Um, as you know, I used to write the social content for a big pie brand and it was manly yeah. men stuff, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so confessionals aside, I really want to explore why steak and beef is seen as such a manly thing because I believe that women don't prefer yogurt. So how did we become socially conditioned to expect men to be drawn to steak and not women? Is this like, is this going to be like the um, strawberry episode and it's like some marketing plan with like hot dudes in it from 1978 um no they're not pouring beef down their top okay. um, <laughs> but i mean it's similar okay um so firstly it wasn't always like this and i honestly cannot believe the audacity of me to utter this sentence i'm dying internally but let's go back <laughs> to just before the God, Civil War happening. in America. <laughs> it's doing a Civil War fact. This I'm is not the best doing a Civil day of my War life. fact. It's a simple sentence. It's a Civil War fact. <laughs> so this is, as you know, a time when families ate together. Mm. Um, and cookbooks of this time didn't indicate that men or women had different food preferences. So this is from a great article on The Conversation by historian Paul Friedman. Um, but then... Advertising kind of happened. Oh, the Civil War happened and also advertising (laughs) happened. Um, And the article says magazine and newspaper advice columns identified fish and white meat with minimal sauce, as well as new products like packaged cottage cheese as female foods. And by the early 20th century, women's food was commonly described as dainty. And the ads in magazines, uh, in women's magazines, were for things like salads and colourful and shimmering jelly creations. Mm. 
or fruit salads decorated with marshmallows, shredded coconut and maraschino cherries. Which is pretty much you in a nutshell. <laughs> no, it sounds it sounds so unsatisfying and I'm really glad I wasn't born at that time and I although I have made a shimmering jello creation <laughs> um, for the tuna episode I'd like to point out that that was as a joke. Um, but even today there's like food that's kind of gendered as female food or whatever like kale and quinoa and stuff whereas barbecue and steak and bourbon and all that are kind of the domain of men so how did meat in particular get tied to the male identity okay so a guy called pierre bordeaux a french sociologist wrote that meat the nourishing food par excellence strong and strong making giving vigor blood and health is the dish for men so that was from a book in the 70s, and I'm getting this from an article from The Swaddle, which is an Indian gender and culture website. And the article is written by Aditi Murthy. And the article kind of points to the fact that men are seen as stronger, so they need protein from meat to fuel that strength. Um, and there's kind of studies around this kind of thing too, like there's a study that found that men who donate meat are seen as significantly less masculine than those that do. That was a 2010 study from the University of British Columbia. And there's a, another study called Men Meet in Marriage, Models of Masculinity. Um, and that is about how people apparently like perform their gender identity through their meat consumption. So it says meat, especially red meat, is an archetypical masculine food. Men often emphasize meat and women often minimize meat in displaying their gender as individuals. Mm. So it's kind of like performing acting type thing, which reminds me of this New York Times article from 2007 I came across, which mentioned the trend of young women on first dates ordering steak. And when I read that, I'm like, yes, feminism, gender equality, but apparently it was more about not that and more about like meat as strategy, they said. So it was kind of meant to signal that women weren't obsessed with their health or diet. Mm. So they order the steak. So it's like the, this performing thing, which I mean, I get like in around that time, I was like starting my career and I worked in a lot of places where it was like really male dominated and you feel that pressure to be like one of the guys in what you order to fit in. But luckily I also liked bacon laden burgers, <laughs> uh, but just like acknowledging the pressure. So I think around this time, maybe a few years later, like in the 2010s or something, that was kind of the rise of dude food, as it was known. And I remember it being like a really popular term. And in my baby feminist awakening, I was really pissed off about it. Yeah. Like, why do dudes get all the cheesy, meaty, <laughs> yeah. smoky, delicious foods? Call the cops, it's unfair. So to just explore dude food for a hot minute, basically it was like stoner food, in my opinion, it was like stoner food goes kind of gourmet. It's like heavy, cheesy, meaty stuff done like in a truck or in a restaurant with cowboy crap everywhere. Do you have any dude food memories? Uh, yeah, I ate all those yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a book by food scholar Emily Contois called Diners, Dudes and Diets. And she says how there's often with dude food, there's a competitive element yeah. to it, like extreme burgers or like how much of this can you eat or can you handle this heat? And she likes to mention a burger called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Have you heard of this? I haven't, but I, I, I want it. <laughs> well, it's from the Burgers Priest in Toronto, Canada. Okay. So we can't have 
the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But I did decide to Frankenstein it together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Instead of buns, it's got cheese toasties. So that one's a bit burnt, so that one top, goes on the bottom. Top and bottom <laughs> cheese toasties? Yep, yeah, top mm, and bottom yeah, cheese toasties. Okay, I'm in. Then we've got a double cheeseburger. Now, I couldn't be bothered making that myself. And why would you when you can just get it from Macca's? Now, does it have the bun? I don't think it has the bun. But we'll just put the bun in there. Put the bun in anyway. that's the classic part of yeah. having Macca's. Yeah. Then we've got some deep fried portobello mushrooms but the thing is i forgot that you're supposed to stuff them with cheese because i was so anxious about deep frying so we'll put one of them on (laughs) i thought you were good with deep frying now no and then we'll put the other cheese and beef and macca's thing and then we'll put the other portobello mushroom and then for balance we've got some tomato (laughs) (laughs) and some lettuce yes and then we'll have the other cheese toasty. Wow. That looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit out of proportion. It's like um I, I don't yeah. know how you What's this? it's like the it's, it's like a uh, the letter I if it has like serifs on it. It's like very yeah. tall and then okay. Yeah, yep. so Emily Contois, the scholar I mentioned before, she said this burger is coming for you. It's so big. It's so full of fried things. It's so over the top. It's a test to your manhood. Can you eat this even if it's really big? TBC. I don't know. Should we try and eat it? How are we going to get our, our jaws around We'll just it? leave it like... there. We'll just leave it there for okay. a second. Okay. All right. It's going gonna, it's yep. gonna to collapse though. So is this where it ends? <laughs> is this? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it might be for us. <laughs> Is dude food the end of proving your masculinity through meat? Is this the point where we realize the toxicity of our ways and retreat? No, of course not. Current day times, I reckon, like I know paleo diets have been around for a while, but I'm going to kind of argue that the extreme kind of version of paleo diets are kind of the modern day equivalent of men being manly with meat. Um, And that author from the book before in a Vox article talks about how paleo diets are kind of a different response to the same kind of thing that caused the dude food movement. So like changes in gender norms. Um, She said women are starting to earn more money um, in general, like 20% are the breadwinner in families and women are now more educated than men. And she says it could be a response to that. And of course, people take it too far, like everything. Like little James Blunt, he wanted to spite vegans and ate an all-meat diet, ended up getting scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Reddit. I could just leave it at that, but specifically the raw meat subreddit where people who are mostly young and male eat raw meat. So they eat raw chicken salsa, raw turkey liver, raw rump steak because they believe it's healthier than mm. cooked meat. And obviously that makes them very Even masculine. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and I love this post in the subreddit that says, from someone, I've been chewing on this rump steak fat for half an hour and it just isn't breaking down. Should I swallow it? <laughs> <laughs> just spit it out. Like heat up the pan, mm. cook your steak. Yeah. Um, it's 2022, bro. Fire's been around for a while. We can cook our meat. It's okay. <laughs> So that's where we're at, the end of humanity. Yeah, there it is. Um, and we have beef Teetering to thank. in front of us. <laughs> we 
We have beef to thank. We have advertising, stereotypical one-dimensional gender norms and culture, toxic masculinity and the internet. And so with that, as a woman, I'll, move, I'll strategically move the interior of my... <laughs> Or Horseman of the Apocalypse Burger out She's and take a it. bite of this. She's gonna do it, dude internet. Food. Oh, oh, it's enough are to you gonna dislocate your jaw? Like what's yeah. Wow. You got a fair bit of that. Mm. How is it? <laughs> I like the Macca's pop. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> the crunch of the lettuce. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I prepared most of it at least two hours ago, so it's not at peak. In particular, I deep fried the mushroom two days ago, but it's 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 not bad. So the end of the world, tasty. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, Emily, I I really like how how we both got so excited about the beef episode that we both went out and bought McDonald's. I mean, what else is there to talk about when it comes to beef? Wagyu? No. (laughs) Marble score? Uh, No, we both have... There's currently five McDonald's burgers on on the desk in front of us. It's a little above average. Um, If you'd like, have a bite. Have some of your... Maybe just have some of your patty for me. This looks like a very well-formed Big Mac. It's oh, a good Big okay, Mac. Okay, so just the patty. Just have some That's patty. You can eat it while I'm doing the fact, but just eat a little bit of patty. What is in that patty? 100% beef, I've heard. Apparently, that's true. Um, it's maybe not the best quality beef, yep. but it's beef. They combine lean beef and fattier beef in their burger blends, and then they freeze the patties to maintain the consistency. But um, it's, it's kind of just beef mm. what's not in it at least in australia in 2022 um preservatives no i know what if i said the, the two these two words to you pink slime okay pink slime it sounds familiar i think i'm getting mixed up between that old meme or like conspiracy thing that was like the chicken nuggets uh-huh. are made of pink yeah. was that pink slime too yeah yeah, it's all pink slime. Okay, okay so I'll, talk, I'll talk, talk to you about pink slime. Pink slime is a slurry of beef offcuts and ammonium hydroxide uh, that you may have seen on the internet. Emily, you have. It looks like pink soft serve. Mm, um, delicious, Like pink actually. soft serve ice cream. <laughs> it's very much not delicious. Uh, according to a, a pink slime fact check on PolitiFact, pink slime, or as it's known in the biz, lean, finely textured beef, or LFTB, uh, was actually was actually designed for a good reason, basically to use up more uh, meat from a cow carcass. A lot of it gets wasted. So about 25% of the carcass remains after taking whole muscle cuts, like sirloins, briskets, ribs, etc. The remaining fat trimmings with bits of meat still attached. So when they make LFTB, or pink slime, the remaining fat trimmings are put through a heat and centrifuge process, which separates the fat and produces 93 to 97% lean meat. When they mix it with yeah ammonium hydroxide, sometimes in a gas form, sometimes in a liquid form, and they mix it together into this pink slurry. I, I want to tell you the reason why there isn't pink slime in the burger you're eating. Okay. Jamie Oliver. Oh. The wider world became aware of pink slime in 2012, thanks to, to, thanks to one of our food heroes, Jamie Oliver, on his program Food Revolution. So I'm going to sh- throw to a, uh, a news story from 2012. We showed you last week how the government is changing nutritional rules for school lunches. Los Angeles is already changing its school menus after a challenge from a famous television chef. 
As Bill Whitaker reports, he's also taking on some fast food giants and winning. Okay, this is not fit for human consumption. Celebrity chef and food activist Jamie Oliver is a man on a mission to stop the use of what he calls pink slime. Beef scraps no one would choose to eat, reprocessed and repurposed for use in hamburger patties. We're going to wash these lean bits of beef in a water and ammonia solution. Ammonium hydroxide, to be exact, to kill off bacteria. It's all FDA approved. This is a practice that is openly sort of admitted to being in at least 70% of ground beef products. That kind of puts it everywhere. Well, not everywhere. Last week, McDonald's announced it's no longer using the controversial beef. In a corporate statement, McDonald's said the decision was not related to any particular event. Still, Oliver said he's thrilled. So Jamie Oliver puts it on his TV show. Uh, McDonald's coincidentally the same week puts out a puts out a release. They don't say they've never had it. They said we haven't used it for the last year. Okay. Um, but it, it does beg the question: like, did they use it? And apparently they did. It's not clear whether they ever used it in Australia. I mean, our our food standards are pretty mm. high, and we've got a lot of a lot of meat. We're a big sort of meat producing nation. So Australia, I think we've always been safe, but. Overseas, definitely pink slime has been used. Um, but it hasn't been used since at least 2011 in the States. But that doesn't stop endless memes surfacing, the memes that you've seen, Em. Um, every few years that claim that pink slime is still in McDonald's burgers and the brand has to come out and and refute them. Um, and, and maybe the reason that it doesn't go away is that pink slime, just because it's not in McDonald's burgers, it doesn't mean it's not around. It's still commonly used. In the US, at least, it's possibly getting more common. So this is from an article in The Takeout. In 2019, the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service reclassified all types of LFTB as ground beef, which means that companies don't have to identify their beefy additives as LFTB. Mm. So um, you check out a product label and you'll most likely see the ingredient listed as plain old ground beef. The list of foods that it's commonly, um, LFTB is commonly found in, according to this article in the takeout, is frozen entrees, meatballs, canned foods, and hot dogs. So good news. Oh, well, I'd expect that from a hot dog. Got some hot dog here for you. <laughs> that and actually your... just looks like congealed pink slime, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, which is kind of what <laughs> it is. Ish. <laughs> yeah. I, I... <laughs> I heated them What's up for the you. Sauce? Uh, it's just some barbecue sauce. You know that Eater barbecue sauce that's in the cool like oh. maroon label. There's some <laughs> in the fridge. Thank you to my coworkers for for lending me that. Uh, enjoy your hot dog. Have have a have a, a, a chew while uh, we just watch mm. this uh, new story from earlier this year. Poor highway crews in Pennsylvania were left to clean up a meaty mess after a speeding truck carrying hot dog filler crashed and spilled. 15,000 pounds of pink piggy goo across the road. Pink? Piggy goo. Piggy goo. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to show it to you, but I don't want to. I like hot dogs, and this really makes you not want to eat them. So uh, we have the image uh, that I'm sure a lot of you have already come across, but if you haven't, uh, this is what hot dog filler looks like, a hot dog filler that uh, was part of a truck that crashed on the highway in Pennsylvania. Do you want to describe for the listeners what, what that... Uh, I guess it looks like um, hard rubbish mixed with <laughs> like the interior of like a dog bed that's been like... <laughs> 
pissed on a lot and then also it's just pink for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, so the reason that pink goo won't go away is that it does look amazing. It shows up uh, on, on news sites very often and yeah, as I mentioned earlier this year, a crash by the roadside in Pennsylvania uh, left 1,500 uh, litres of pink slime by the roadside. Um, so... Thanks to Jamie Oliver, possibly not in McDonald's, but it refuses to go away and it's possibly still in the hot dog that Emily just ate. <laughs> wow, thank you. Pink piggy goo. Sure, surely that there's no beef in that though. It's called pink piggy goo. Uh, yeah, there's uh, meat including... Mystery, yeah. Okay. There's meat including pork. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you. <laughs> So you can vote for who you found most interesting today. Um, we'll put our, an Instagram poll up about a week after this episode goes up and you can give a vote to Ben or me. Just quietly, I've won literally every episode <laughs> we've done for the past little while. So, I mean, I don't know what I that says about that. you, Ben. But <laughs> um, fraud. Fraud. I've it's been like the midterms. I've been alternating the names who's on top. It's, it's legit. I'm, this Fake is... news. <laughs> See you later.